Welcome to the Local Legends in Running podcast, where you hear the stories from local legends of Australian running that you simply always wanted to hear. Today in episode four, I interview Brisbane's Katie Dow. Katie is as inspiring as a runner, as she is a coach and mentor to the Brisbane running community. Running in her life has taken many forms, but of late has been more present at the ultra distance level. Katie's background in fitness is highly varied. She's competed as a bodybuilder, triathlete, and now runner. Her focus more recently has been on her Brisbane running group and business club, Katie, which was founded in 2020, recently after the influx of COVID in Australia. Club Katie has seen great successes in many facets, but most importantly, its impact and emphasis on mental health. The club have arguably the strongest social media presence from any running group in Brisbane, which draws high numbers of runners into the group. So join me as you hear firstly about Katie's story in running, but more importantly for her, about the significant impact running has had on the Brisbane community and her club, Katie Runners. Hello. Oh, hey, how are you going? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Not too bad. So up in the kitchen there. Yes, I um, I was like, I better make sure there's no wine in the background. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd be an interesting start, wouldn't it? <laughs> How's What's your day been? Did you get... Um, oh, it's been a busy day actually. I had a um, film shoot this morning, just test running, um, filming content for the the running app. Oh, um, and yeah. Yeah, so it's pretty exciting. Um, and then I had another um, photo shoot with Murbeck. I do a bit of community work with them um, for my personal training business. So they were doing some content um, shooting today. So it just all happens on the one day. Ah, <laughs> oh, fantastic. Yeah, I've seen you on um, on Instagram, one of one of many of your um, stories. I know. <laughs> on today with Same cameras thing. chasing you and things like that down the, um, <laughs> the Kingston Smith Drive. What do they call that bikeway now? Is there a name for it? Oh, it's yeah it's been named after somebody what is it um I can't remember now but um yeah it's good it's a good section um because you've got the bike and and um running path separate but it got pretty hectic like I felt like we were annoying <laughs> a few people out there but uh, oh, and yeah and whenever there's a camera around people they like to to look in don't they yeah <laughs> I'm sure you had a bit of a following hey I've just been on your um website and I've seen um Louis McAfee in one of the photos on your website and yes. yeah I'm just thinking uh, why he was in there and how you guys know each other because he as you may know featured on that last episode yes yeah yeah he's a legend um no I um met him I think I've yeah because I've been following him for a while but I met him um last year at the Lululemon um international running day event that I hosted so I hosted it at James Street um and took a group for a run and so yeah the little lemon crew um between gold coast brisbane and, and sunshine coast um invited people from the running community and so got to meet him and run with him which was nice oh excellent did louis win it <laughs> it wasn't a race it was a community run <laughs> it, was actually, it was actually nice to run beside him you know so i don't get that opportunity very often <laughs> yeah and no, so i'll see how you've um you've, you've put that that event um and then you've had the that dead Cow Gully Backyard Ultra. Is that is that the right way to pronounce the name of that event last weekend? 
Yeah, so yeah, Dead Cow Gully, that was my first backyard ultra experience. Um, sorry, now I've just lost to him. There we go. Yep, cool. Yep, back. Um, yeah, so the yeah, Dead Cow Gully um, backyard ultra was last weekend. So that was the first event um, that I've done of that format. So it's last one standing. So it's a bit different. It's not based on speed. It's more endurance and how many laps you can do um, within three days, basically. So I, yeah, I had no idea what to expect really. And I didn't really train specifically for it because I only entered at the last minute. My plan was to do the Noosa Ultra 25K, the new event, but it sold out really quickly. Um, and one of my clients that I train online who lives out near Roma was doing it and it just sparked my interest. So I looked into it. And saw a few other people that were doing it. Um, so it was full of ultra running legends. It was pretty incredible and pretty inspiring. Um, and so, yeah, basically you do 6.7 kilometer loops of a cattle property um, out in Nanango, which is near Kingaroo. Um, oh, yeah. And you, uh, yeah. And so you do the 6.7K loop on the hour, every hour, or within the hour, every hour. So whatever time you come in, you've got um, up until that next hour to prepare to go again until you can't go anymore so it was a really it was a really good experience and test of endurance um and yeah i love i love the inclusiveness of the event because you all start together on each lap um and it just it just attracts um some really cool running crews and running groups um from around the place because you can do you can even do just five laps if you want and then crew for crew for the other guys that are planning on going longer um and yeah it, anything can happen as well so it, it the way that it played out was quite interesting. I I would have loved to have gotten to 15 laps at least to get 100 Ks um, covered, but yeah, unfortunately yeah. my knee my knee went uh, lap 11, oh. my knee, the knee pain started. So I think just ITB, which is not really surprising. I, my max long run before was 31 kilometers um, and I've only ever run 50 Ks as my maximum in, in races and ultras. Um, and I, yeah, I got to 87 kilometers or just over 87. So I was pretty happy with that. <laughs> oh, yeah. And so was that Saturday, Sunday, Monday using the Easter Sunday? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, and that. what about, so can you run at any time of the 24-hour day or do they have like a time range within each day that you're running? Yeah, you have to all start together. So it starts at 7 a.m. on the Saturday. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah you restart. No, it's, it's a cool idea. And yeah, like you said, I'm sure there's a variety of people and runners that come along. And a bit of that yeah. sort of festive, uh, inclusive feeling to it. I haven't done yeah. many of those sort of events, so it's interesting to hear about them. Was that on um, like a gravel trail sort of a surface or road? Yeah, yeah, it's it's fairly um flat, but it's all on um yeah gravel gravel tracks and single um cow trail like alongside creeks. So it's it was a really beautiful course actually, and um. It's called Dead Cow Gully because you're supposed to run through the gully, but because of all the rain they've had, um, they unfortunately had to change the course because the gully still had huge um, amounts of water in it. So they mowed a track alongside the top um, instead. So it made it less technical. It removed 10% elevation per lap. So that's oh, why they were right. saying, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. They were saying it was it could be like you know an Aussie record breaking course. Um, yeah, there was. There were some really well-known guys out there doing it. Um, so, yeah, Barry Loveday, he ended up winning it um, with 37 laps. So that was, I think, yeah, 247.9 kilometres he did. Um, oh, wow. And it was really cool because I was having chats with him, not really knowing, like, 
his profile. I remember here. I remember um, one guy asking where Barry was, and he was fanboying him. <laughs> um, yeah. He's yeah. Apparently, he's really um, he's quite well known for his track ultras, like the twenty four hour events where they just run around a track for twenty four oh, hours. Oh yeah, that's that's <laughs> absolute madness. Yeah, yeah. Actually, Clay, guy, Clay so Dawson, yeah. who I interviewed a number of weeks ago, now had his hundred k track race um this morning, oh, and that. he held um four fifteen pace. Isn't that? Isn't that crazy? That is insane. I just and, saw that on your story, actually. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how many laps that is, but that's just so many um, circles. Like, over I don't know and how over they change direction. Oh, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't think so, but yeah, I'm not too sure. Yeah, yeah. what yeah. about nutrition um, for you over that weekend? Yeah, Dur- During went, and after? Yeah, my nutrition went, um, went all to plan. So, um, Actually, yeah, um, the guys from Run Bolt, Jamie Hunter, he's a real um, ultra running legend. Um, he actually, um, yeah, set me up with a whole lot of gear to go out. Um, and I got the um, on the tailwind, which was really good. So he recommended using the naked tailwind with the flavoured, I think, orange and mandarin, because I don't like anything too sweet. And that was awesome because I just have a handheld flask, soft flask, um, that they also gave me um, off each lap because normally I wear like for an ultra where you're just going from point to point, um, you didn't have to wear a vest and have all your water and hydration on you. But because you're coming in each lap and you have your crew restocking you and refilling yeah, you, yeah, um, a bit easier. Found the towel, yeah, the tailwind was awesome. Um, it just sits really well in my in my gut. So had that, and I had a few of the gels like SIS gels. They're um, they're isotonic, so they're really like liquidy, which I was good during the day when it was hot. Um, but then. I was also drinking like Coca-Cola, which was like liquid gold <laughs> um, in between. Yeah, and, I've seen, yeah, I've seen yeah. that on Instagram. Yeah, definitely a bit of a thing having the soft drink because it's, of course, sugar and caffeine. And I guess yeah. if you're running so many Ks, the energy output's insane. So Yeah, it just and you just feel your body like, yeah. <laughs> sort of it, like it just tastes really good. I think the physio oh, yeah. like. It's an immediate effect. Like if, you, if you're really craving yeah. that nutrition, you can feel it when it's, when it's so sugary and caffeinated yes. the impact yeah. um, um, is pretty and noodles pretty are also really good <laughs> yeah and that's yeah. hailwind brand is that is that more of a trail sort of a, a brand i haven't used much of it yeah i think it's becoming more popular for road runners as well yeah. um, i know a lot yep. of people that are using it i think because it it seems to sit so well um in the gut um and it isn't sticky and sweet it's quite refreshing and you can even get the naked one now which doesn't have any flavor at all yeah, yeah. No, I need to look into those um, more watery ones. I tend to chuck the uh, onto the Woolworths uh, grocery <laughs> order those winners gels. Um, oh yes, yeah. Yeah, in that like medical aisle or whatever. And um, yeah, yeah. I, I tend to only have have one a week in the long run, if anything. Yeah, I wanted to get to you as you as a person and, and an athlete. And then also just sort of tie in how we we have a connection, which isn't obviously. Um, hasn't been that close over the years, but I, I remember seeing you many years ago running around with Claire Garrity around Brisbane. Yep. And um, yep. again, I don't know Claire super well, but I've had many a park run with her in, in more recent years, probably when she's hasn't admittedly been as quick as she was about 10 years ago. And yep. at Kedron, we just had, we've had some amazing uh, races together there, which has been really good fun. And then the other one was Chris Littlejohn, who works at the Brooks DFO there. How do you guys know each other again? Is that through that Rebound Club? Yeah, yeah. I met I met Chris through Rebound, um, their social Saturday runs. Um, 
yeah, just myself um, ever since COVID um, became really passionate about community and collaborating with other clubs and just bringing people together in a really positive way. Um, just found like the mental health benefits has been really powerful. And I actually used to see Chris running through Newstead Waterfront Park often. Um, oh, and he's yeah. moved down the coast. He's moved down the coast for work yeah, now, yeah, but he was yeah. living out that way. Yeah. yeah. So I'd see him every day and he'd always, he'd always wave out and um, he was really friendly. And then I think he had touch, touch base on Instagram and said, come along to a, to one of our social Saturday sessions. And ever since then, I've been trying to get along, um, you know, sort of at least monthly. And we actually, I'm actually doing their secret race number two tomorrow, which is oh, um, tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a 3K. So, yeah, well, you'll find out at Friday and tomorrow where it's at Peters, but it's within 10 kilometre radius of the city. So it's a pretty different event that they've put on. It's pretty cool. And um, it looks like it's a really good atmosphere. I think they have sponsored by Red Bull and they have the DJ there. And, um, yeah, it's just designed to bring different running communities together. Yeah, it seems like both, you know, your group and, and the Rebound Club have a similar idea in, in that whole kind of notion around mental health the social media you're pushing social media which which looks fantastic by the way um it looks so enticing for for any runner particularly um like for you anyway like young women but we'll get into the to the the male side of it too because i know you're doing some good things there um and what about just you in general you've you've got a you've got a daughter right yes i have a 10 year old daughter she's um yeah 10 going on 16 <laughs> uh, she yeah she's very independent um she i did get her into running for a little bit but um she has taken to dancing and does about 13 classes a week at the moment so she that's her passion she's really connected with her dance crew so yeah she's currently there now so she started at 9am this morning and i pick her up at 4:25 so she oh dances my goodness that's a massive day yeah. yeah yeah she loves it though yeah, yeah, wow. And she's obviously schooled in Brisbane. Does she does she go yes. to a school that um that you or any family have gone to in, in the past? Um no, she's at Holy Spirit um yep. in New Farm, which is quite a small, um, yeah, close knit sort of community school. Um I actually grew up in New Zealand, so I yeah, moved yeah. here twenty years ago. We picked up. Yeah, the I, thought, I thought that might have been the case. Yeah. You're obviously a mother, but um you run, you've got you know, your business club, Katie. Uh, which you coach as well. Um, and then where does, are you still personal training at the moment or is that something of the past? Um, I'm still personal training. Um, I, yeah, it's sort of, I'm sort of um, gradually moving more away from that and into the group fitness side and run coaching side. But I did, um, I did co-own a studio in the city on Queen Street um, up until the starting of 2021, start of last year. Um, yeah, and so I started during COVID, I actually discovered um, outdoor fitness at Newstead Waterfront Park and fell in love with it straight away to the point where I can't see myself ever stepping foot inside a studio again. Um, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, I can see so yeah. many benefits to to myself and the community from being outdoors and connecting with the community every day. So you sort of become a face. Um, and I also get to pet dogs all day, which is a bonus. <laughs> oh, there's so many out there now along that yeah, river particularly in that yeah, area yeah yeah oh it's crazy but you've it's definitely crazy. made that you made that area like that sort of your your kind of precinct there's not that i know of anyway many running groups along that section would that be right uh, exactly so yeah there's definitely um it's kind of all evolved quite naturally so the way 
the running side of things um, started was launching my free community walk run club every Friday. Yeah. And I, it had been a vision for a while and I was sort of like, oh, should I do it? Like I was a bit like, nervous about, about doing it. And it meant that, you know, I'm not training, I'm not making any money in a peak time, but I just, I don't know, I just knew that it was something that was needed. So I took the leap and started it and it was, it's just been incredible, like for me and for my community and um, yeah. made a lot of really good out of it yeah oh, it looks like it and we yeah we'll, we'll get there in detail um very yep. shortly so we're going to get carried away um i'm very yep. excited to hear about it particularly with the fact that um i had the west end running group a few years back so you as an athlete or runner just done a bit of a, uh, a google search looked at your website and things so just correct me if i'm wrong on any of these um and you've had a like a quite a variety of competition in various sports and activities 2006 i found you were miss nabba WFF Athletic <laughs> Australia Body Sculpting and Figure. Uh, yep. so, um, what, what's that one all about? Yeah, so that's yeah, that's a bit of a blast from the past. But yeah, um, yeah I <laughs> I got into weight training in the gym um, back in yeah 2006, and yeah, just found genetically I was quite gifted in that area for putting on muscle naturally, um, and so I got encouraged. Um, by some some of the people at my gym to enter a, a comp um, on the Gold Coast. It was yeah, it was a, it was called it's a girl thing, so it was an all female comp. And yeah, I won my division and then won the overalls at that comp and just got a taste for it and was hooked. Um, and then I won a trip down to Melbourne to compete at another all female competition. Um, and then yeah, won my division at that one as well. Um, and then went on I think later that year to win the um, WFF. Um, Miss, Miss, Miss Athletic Australia um, and yeah that was a really interesting time for me I, it's such a crazy sport like it's so different to to endurance running um, yeah, yeah. but I learned I learned a lot about myself I learned a lot about discipline in that time and the whole nutrition side of things um, again it was back then it was quite um, different I think there's been more awareness now around eating disorders but I was on a very very low carb high protein diet um i would get one cheat meal a week became obsessive over that cheat meal and ended up with a binge eating disorder so oh. um i mean it's like i was able to fix it pretty quickly because i got onto a really good sports dietitian um sally garrett from apple Tuchini. she sorted me out so i had actually um transitioned into triathlon when i decided i'd had enough of doing <laughs> doing yeah that was my next yeah. next um yeah. point the triathlon world championships and age group representation for your home country new zealand and you went to london in 2013 chicago 2015 is that correct yes yep oh that's awesome well done yeah so um yeah got into triathlon um after i yeah i just wanted a new challenge and i knew that i couldn't just stop doing body sculpting and not pick up on something else so and I wanted I wanted to choose a sport that had, had a bit more balance and I guess some people would argue <laughs> triathlons pretty extreme as well um, oh it does but, I see what you mean with that yeah yeah but I joined um I joined BTS which was which is now um Tri-Nation Tri-Nation yeah um which is a one-on squad in Brisbane um and yeah I did a six-week beginners course, um, made lifelong friends through that. I love the social aspect of it. And then did my first Olympic distance at Noosa that same year uh, and just started training and, yeah, managed to, um, yeah, sort of like immerse myself enough in it that I really wanted to give it a good shot. Being a Kiwi, this is my excuse anyway, <laughs> swimming 
just not come naturally to me um and maybe my short leaders I really struggled with the swimming side of it but I trained really hard um you know and yeah managed to um qualify for the it was a sprint distance for London in 2013 um yeah my daughter was quite young then I think she was still around three years of age so the sprint distance was a lot more um achievable with the training load um great experience but you swim in the um in the serpentine of Hyde Park which is quite dirty it's like a big dirty duck pond so it was it was an interesting experience it was raining as well um and yeah I mean it was really cool to see like the the very the varied like countries and um levels of um um athleticism um and yeah, there was quite a lot, quite a lot of Aussies from Brisbane that went over as well. So it was pretty social. Um, and then yeah, 2015, so two years later, I managed to qualify again um, for New Zealand in my age group for the Olympic distance, and that was in Chicago, which was oh, Olympic this time, started. right? Had your swimming improved a few years later? Yes, yeah, I yeah. worked with a lot of different coaches and had amazing support. Yeah, <laughs> just a lot of swim focuses. Um, and yeah, did, yeah, I actually didn't do a bad time for the swim leg. Um, Chicago is such an incredible city as well. So you swim in the Great Lake um, and then you ride around the city, like including all the like underpasses, like there's just layers and layers of roads. So really interesting experience. Um, and then you get to run um, around that main park area and you finish at the, the water fountain. Um, I'll be showing my age here, which is, um, right, <laughs> what is it? Um, What's the show, TV don't show? Ask, don't um, ask me. <laughs> yeah. I've anyway, not been. I've not been that way ever. It's it's yeah. an it's an iconic water fountain that you finish at. So yeah, it was a yeah. really great experience. Um, and just to be able to travel for for a sport and represent your country is pretty special, I think. Yeah, and no, that's great. So give us an idea. Triathlon's hard to gauge for times because it can be so dependent in the water, for example, on currents. Um, if it's in the surf or a lake or a river, whatever it is, the bike can be affected by wind, and the run as always it's at the back end what sort of times could you do back then during that triathlon phase um i think i think for that race i did around two hours in total two hours 22 i'm trying to jog my memory um yeah so i definitely like i i was doing some solid times for for an age grouper i think but um yeah definitely nowhere near that elite level that was the other amazing thing was being able to watch the elite level um triathletes because the world champs yeah. races were always the last race of the itu circuit yeah. so it was the grand final and so i think at the time we were following um some like ashley gentle um and ryan fisher like we were following them because i knew ryan's sister as well quite well so it was really cool to go and support them because the sister would be messaging me going how's he going and oh, we'll go that's right great. And yeah. yeah, I, yeah i actually went to school with ryan he was three years younger than me as achieved far more than I ever have in a triathlon um but you actually my, I think my best time to date I'm not sure how many more I'll do because I'm just loving running so much now but I think I did two hours 24 so okay with the time they yeah. hit me but what about individually like for a 1500 meter swim 40k ride and then your 10k run what sort yeah. of times uh, you do in training but then also within the race what sort of splits were you hitting for yeah. those the swim was always my weakest leg. So yeah. <laughs> I was always like, when you look at your, when you look at where you place per leg, you know, it's always me catching up and running, always being the strongest. But um, yeah, the swim, I think, or oh, like 20, maybe around that 23, 24 minutes. So definitely not very quick. Um, and then the ride around an hour 10-ish, 
think, or maybe more. I'm trying to remember now. And then the run, yeah, low, low, like low 40s, like 42, around 42 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's yeah. um, that's great. Yeah. So from bodybuilding to triathlon, and then more recently the running, and and I'm looking yep. at a third place in the Guzzler 50k Ultra Trail Marathon in 2019. Uh, where was yep. that held? So that's in Brisbane. Um, it starts at Mount Cutha. Um, yeah. That yep. was yeah. That was the that was the inaugural event. That was the first one. Uh. Yeah. Great experience. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, a bit of a hilly race then, I assume. Oh yeah, very hilly. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and it ended up. I think it's a, it's in. It's normally in uh either June or, yeah, I think it's a June race, and it was uh, really unusually hot the day. Oh yeah, I was going to say was, I'm hoping it was in June for the for the cooler temperatures, but it's a hot hot day, was it? Yes, high humidity, like almost 100% humidity. So oh. some of the favorites, some of the favorites for the 100k event, I did the 50, but some for the 100. One guy had to pull out because um, he actually yeah peed blood at like 30Ks because he had dehydrated himself and put his body wow. under yeah. much stress. Um, so yeah, that was a big learning. Um, I was really good for my nutrition, but that was actually that was actually when I first discovered Tailwind. Um, oh, because yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I had everything in my pack. I was like, you know, cliff bars. I had even roasted potatoes. Salted roasted potatoes are really good to eat um, for ultras because they're really easy to digest and yeah, yeah, you don't want to have too much sodium. sweet food. Yes, yeah. yeah. And then um, I ended up just filling up my flask um, at the aid stations with Tailwind and I had it sort of diluted too and my body was just screaming for fluid. Um, so I just kept that up and that's that could have been part of my success. I just It was just one of those days where everything went to plan. I didn't cramp. Um, and I think for me, the hillier, the better. That's where I seem to have that edge against other endurance athletes. Um, yeah, right. And would that be from your strength, your strength over the years through um, yeah. your personal training knowledge, but then also the training you've done? Yeah, maybe even yeah, the bodybuilding or the weight. So yeah. too, like muscle memory is a beautiful thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have, I just have naturally strong legs. I think um, I, I always come across a lot of males in particular cramping. <laughs> and so I'm sort of like, I'll start off, quite steady and then just slowly pick people off on those ultras um yeah. actually i saw i saw a guy at dead cow gully and he said you did you did coastal high 50 um last year i remember you he said you kept passing me on all the hills <laughs> <laughs> oh the, the interesting thing is though in those what i've seen anyway in the, in the longer events and particularly the hills and the trails that there's all sorts of body types and and you see you see um bigger body compositions too out there which which must be a matter of strength and then also maybe the fact that they can, um, you know, store that nutrition and yeah. life just simply lasts longer out there. Yeah, for sure. That's what I love about running is that it's all different shapes and sizes and it doesn't necessarily dictate, you know, times or, or yeah, endurance. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, trail running is such, so different to road running. I, um, yeah, it's just, it breeds like a really wholesome, wholesome kind of crowd. There's, not really any egos it's all um very supportive sort of environment not not to say that road running isn't but road yeah. running seems a lot more serious <laughs> and intimidating to a lot of people oh uh, it seems that way and yeah when i interviewed clay dawson on the previous episode he spoke about that that whole yeah l lack of an ego and as much of an individual pursuit that it is it really is about supporting others out there and different sort yeah. of feel to it and again it's yeah it's, it's quite foreign to me any other running achievements we've missed any fun runs or or faster um, park runs or anything like that 
Yeah, actually, um, in 2020, I finally set myself the goal to break 20 minutes with Parkrun. I think I just always had a bit of a mental block around breaking that 20 minutes. And yeah. so me and my coach, my coach is Maddie Davey from Run to PB. He's based in Melbourne. He's a very good roadrunner. <laughs> I think he's a 2.24 marathoner. Um, so he, we, I worked with him and I just said, look, let's do it. And um, I went out to Kitchen. So it's early 2020. And <laughs> my previous PB was 20 uh 20 minutes and 34 seconds and i came in at 19.09 oh my goodness 19.09 yeah so it was a huge pb yeah that's absolutely massive and was that was it a consistent pace throughout the run or was anyone that you planned to run with or just happened by coincidence that helped you to pace Um, yourself evenly yeah i think there's a few of the the bird squad guys sitting in front of me so i just tried to sort of like (laughs) sit with them (laughs) <laughs> and, yeah i've been there pushed. been there done that yeah, yeah. They, they do yeah. help or they can do the opposite yeah. they just absolutely blitz you on their their yeah, kilometers exactly. away from yeah. you <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so i just it was just i still remember it very clearly because the difference was i felt like i was floating i just my body i just felt felt like a child like you know you see these kids that just run on their toes and they're so light i had lost a bit of weight um so i was quite light at the time and that probably probably helped um and yeah it had been a really stressful time so it's actually quite interesting because the weight that I was at was not actually very healthy but it got me my fastest time so that's another learning like another big issue I think in the female endurance runners oh or for sure yeah, it's, funny, it's funny you say that yeah. my, my um, son's been pretty sick over the last two months but as many parents experience we've caught many of the illnesses that he have from daycare predominantly Oh, yes. But um, <laughs> I seem to have lost weight through that as well, not from eating as well as I could have. And I probably yep. need to put a bit back on. But it's almost like um, I, I ran a PB myself just the other week, which may have been, you know, due to that, yeah. that loss of weight, which yep. was, yep. you know, a result of the illness, but also training hard, which, yeah, we, you got to be careful about both physically and mentally with that. Yeah, so I just remember my friend saying, you, you've you know, you need to put back on more weight on. And I was yeah. sort of like, I could see where that tipping point for some females where you're fast, you're light, and it can go too far one way. And then often they start getting injuries. So I, I luckily I've got good people that look out for me and I put the weight back on. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, good. That yeah. Just, yeah. That just yeah. made me more hungry though to break that 19 minutes. We were so close to that. So I um, yeah. ended no. up breaking 19 minutes last year at Minipi. Oh. I did 18.57. Yeah. At Manipi, yeah, another another yeah. flat flatter park run um, on the south side yeah. of Brisbane. That's yep. still that um, sort of circular, uh, that loop around yes. the lake, yeah? I actually prefer that one. I love that one. Um, find it really hard at Kedron having to do that sharp um, U-turn. Oh, the pin, the, like the, the, the pin U-turn, yeah. Yeah, yep. it sort of breaks your stride a bit on that grass. So um, that's what I love about Manipi is that you do two laps and there's no sharp turns. Yes. Yeah. Continuous. Yeah. That, yeah, that pin turn, I reckon those, when you've got a turn like that, an out and back race or park run, you know, it's not just the turnaround. I think it's the couple hundred meters leading into it and out of it. I find yes. I kind of slow up mentally leading into it. And then I've got to sort of make up for it and run hard out of the turn. And then, you know, it just, yeah, like you said, it sort of ruins your, your rhythm. And when you see yourself and running in, you know, years time or months ahead and you have these ideas in your head and sub 20 obviously is a goal for many runners um, for whatever reason, you know, it's an arbitrary number we've picked um, to be one that we'd <laughs> like to be under as runners, but to get, get under 19 minutes to obtain a time of 1857, 
must have been pretty rewarding. Yeah, it was, especially because I tried it two weeks earlier and I just knew, I don't know, I knew straight away my legs felt heavy. I did it, I went to Kedron and my legs just felt really heavy and I knew because I, a year before, over a year before I'd done that PB there, I just didn't feel the same and maybe that mentally broke me a bit, but yeah, I ended up doing 19, um, yeah, 20, 20 something. So still not a bad time, but it was a bit annoying. And then I thought, oh, well, I'll just give it another go. So when I went out to Manipi, I just, I didn't tell anyone, I just went out by myself and just thought, <laughs> let's, let's just see what happens. No pressure. And yeah, I did it. So I think there's a lot in that as well, just taking the pressure off and seeing what happens. Yeah, definitely. And it's become a bit more common too with COVID being around the last few years and, and cancelling races, people being, you know, going out oh, for yeah. time trials, whether some people thrive on saying, hey, guys, everyone, I'm setting down a, you know, hopefully a PB on so-and-so day and and then they, they thrive in the pressure or they don't. So what about any fun runs, any good times or races you've been, you've been proud yeah. of over the years? Yes. Um, so, well, I've done a few marathons now and ultras um so i'll go oh i did my first marathon at the gold coast 2017 and did three hours 37 um and so i was pretty happy with that as my debut um and then what have i done since then i think then i went to ultras um and i've been trying to improve my times there um ultras are just another like story because so much can go wrong so <laughs> Coastal High 50, I've done it three times and twice. Actually, every every time I've done it, something has happened. <laughs> so the first yeah, right. time I where's, did, where's that one? Yeah, that's in the Gold Coast hinterland. It's incredible, the course. So you start at Binnaburra, up in the mountains. You run through Lamington National Park, which is like World Heritage Listed National Park, Rainforest. Very, very technical. I didn't train on, on it. I'd only trained at Mount Luther, which is completely different and a lot less technical so I found it really hard just to stay up right on the first section you then run down into Namimba Valley um, to an aid station there and then you climb back up Springbrook into Springbrook National Park so yeah. it's a lot of elevation uh, yeah it's, it's a really good challenge but it's absolutely beautiful like I think a lot of people come from overseas to do it now um, and I was supposed to do it in 2019 as well but that's when the bushfires came through and that's when Bernabarra Lodge actually burnt down which was really sad so I wanted to go back there. I went back there last year. But yeah, it's just interesting. Like the first year I'd rolled my ankle a few weeks out. So I had really bad ITB issues on that course. So it was sort of shuffling sideways downhills, having to walk a lot. And then um, the second time I did it was really bad gut issues. I'd had a few neck problems. So I decided to, it was stupid of me, but I had um, I had Voltaren, um, a gel and coffee all at once before I started. And by the 20K mark, gut was just not happy yeah. <laughs> so I had, I had to walk a lot of that um and then last year I did it and it was really wet it'd been raining a lot um and I'd managed to get through the most technical part okay and I hadn't really done the training for it so 25ks and my legs were pretty heavy so it wasn't going to be a fast one but um yeah I ended up slipping on some clay in the last 10ks like really hard and hit my tailbone so yeah, it was, I got to, I've got to the end every time despite all those things happening. But um, yeah, that's why the guzzler is so memorable because that's when everything kind of went to plan. Um, but yeah, in terms of um, other races that like one set, one that's really stood out for me was last year, the um, the great, is it the great South half marathon? The, yeah, the great um, South. Yeah, it's become a bit more popular in the last handful of years, yeah. um, particularly with, with the, the bird squad and those, those faster yeah, because it's pretty flat in it. There must, I think it's a little hill there as well, though, isn't there? 
yeah um it's just a slight climb but yeah, yeah i know yeah i know the bird squad guys love the flat stuff <laughs> um they yeah i there's a, a um, huge crew of them out there yeah i did yeah it's really good because it's just laps so i mean some people might not like that because of the boredom side of it but it allows you just to push hard for that um for that 21.1 k's and i ended up coming in at 126 i think so that was a that was quite a big pb for me um so i think yeah i'm trying to think of the average pace 404 average pace i think for yeah right? that sounds about right yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. um and yeah my um so i ended up doing that and then the next day we went into lockdown again so it's kind of those memories <laughs> no one it was one of those snap lockdowns that no one saw coming so we were lucky to actually get it done i think it had already been rescheduled as well oh for sure yeah you've you've so you've listed pbs there on the road anyway for a five half and a marathon i think we've just missed the 10k what's your quickest 10k yeah. and where was yeah. that <laughs> 10k oh I'm so close to breaking 40. I still haven't done it. I should have done it yeah. by now, but I yeah, haven't. thought that might have been the case. Yeah. 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 COVID hasn't helped, definitely. But um, we actually, my coach, um, he set up a virtual 10K last year during the lockdowns. I'm trying to think, is it last year before? I feel like this last two years has just molded oh, together. Absolutely. It, yeah. Particularly yeah. with running. Yeah. It can be confusing yeah. trying to recall. Yeah. Stuff. yeah. <laughs> it was during COVID anyway. And um, there's like a loop that quite a few people use out near um, Hamilton North Shore, near Eat Street. Um, uh, yeah. I've been on it. Yeah. The industrial area there behind yes. all the shops as well. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Part of the route's amazing on where you guys train there on that um, boardwalk. But yeah, geez, there's some boring parts behind it, but it's absolutely dead flat and smooth, isn't it? Yeah. Well, the roads, there's some pretty rough sections, but then around the back where they're building all those new apartments, it's smooth. Yeah. And um, yeah, we, we stuffed up. I did it with a few other friends and we ended up, I ended up stuffing up. I think the second K, we slowed down too much and I did 40.09 or something. I was so Oh, annoyed. no, <laughs> but, no. Yeah. I find it really hard virtually too. I'd rather do it in in a race environment um so yeah that's that's i mean yeah i still did i still did a pb so um but yeah obviously there's that number again that you want to you want to break that 40 minutes i tried doing it at road runners as well and it was it was super humid and just wasn't feeling it that day um and yeah my other goal is to actually break three hours for the marathon so that's the big one for this year oh that's awesome yeah a lot of people around that 20 40 three hour mark three hours is probably probably a bit better of a feat than the others because that's that's about four fifteen, isn't it yes um, yeah, to hold 42 point yeah. um 2k so it's it's a long way to be at a quick pace yeah i'm so glad that we're talking today about this because it seems like you, you know you've laid down some pretty good times on the roads but you're really starting to enjoy your running off the road too and we'll get to the coaching yeah. side of it as well and i think if you're a runner and competitive in any way and you are it, it just seems like there's a theme here of enjoyment really being key to not just success but enjoyment's what we're after isn't it in what we do in everyday life if you enjoy it things become easier definitely yeah i think it's it's a combination of discipline um and getting those results but also the social side of it and and running with other groups and other runners and um yeah just getting so much more out of it mentally and physically ah uh, it's great yeah so we'll kind of we'll kind of go back to the start and then yep. um we'll get into your club katie um shortly as well so i just wanted to get a bit of a, a background about like how you grew up what was your family environment like as a kid and you mentioned growing up in new zealand too where where do you guys live and what were some positive influences on you 
in the way that you've applied yourself to the world of fitness and running over the years? Um, well, quite interestingly, I didn't really do much sport as a child. I grew up in a small beachside town in Hawke's Bay um, in, the, in the North Island. Um, it's a region known for its wine. <laughs> um, <laughs> and yeah, I yeah, had a very simple, very simple upbringing. Mum um, and dad worked pretty hard. Like I would get home from school and mum and dad would be at work. And I think that is quite... Um, that kind of shaped me as a person, that whole, having that independence um, and also the community side of things because the neighbours, um, the, the neighbours next door, there was a family of four, mum was a stay-at-home mum, so we'd often be just over at their house. Um, and yeah, really simple life, you know, on the weekends, we'd just get on our bikes and ride and come home before dark. Um, so just a lot of freedom. Um, but yeah, not much sport. We just didn't have a lot of access to it. Um, I played a bit of tennis, I played a bit of netball, then when I was 11, mum and dad decided that they wanted a country change. So they moved to a 10-acre lifestyle block in the country, just about 20 minutes out of town. Um, so I was, at a, I was at a really small country school. There's only two other girls my age in my class. Um, and they didn't even have netball. So I ended up playing rugby with the boys. <laughs> oh, no, really? Yeah. And oh, right. And was, were you, were you pretty, pretty fit and strong at this point in your life back then or, or not? Not, not really. Like the boys didn't like that there was girls in their team, so we didn't really get much um, chance to even, you know, get past the ball. They didn't like it. <laughs> um, but it was, it was very active. Like a, a, as you can imagine, like if I went to someone's house, you, know, you see the kids these days; they're all on their phones and yeah, um, playing yep. games. If I, if I went to someone's house, I would be looking for the, um, the best tree to climb. So it's just that whole outdoor outdoorsy kind of vibe and um we'd often go for hikes on the weekends and like it was very yeah sort of basic but um healthy lifestyle um but yeah it's just interesting because a lot of people assumed that I grew up running and it's not the case at all so I didn't actually um start running until um my adulthood until I sort of got into um triathlon I did a bit of running when I was bodybuilding so it was really good for shredding <laughs> but it was you know there was no performance I wasn't doing any fun runs or anything like that so my love of running has come at a later age and that's what I try and educate people on that it's never too late to start and I, I see also I was listening to Clay's podcast and I couldn't believe that he had gone from being an obese you know person like yeah, yeah, yeah. another yeah. example of someone whose background isn't so much in in, in competitive sport but it seems like yeah. you've had a kind of a normalish background you know being outdoors and enjoying that side of things as opposed to you know, being inside, video gaming yeah. and that kind of thing. Not, not that yeah. many girls probably would have done that back then, but um, surely <laughs> that's had an influence on you. But what what actually got you into triathlon early after school? What what influenced you there? Um, well, it was more, I was actually, um, how old was I? That was um, when I was about 20, uh, 27, I think I got into triathlon. Um, yeah, I... I'd just been doing the bodybuilding and I was looking for something different to do as a challenge. And I just saw that there was, I saw a flyer for a six week um, beginners triathlon course. And that's, that's how it all started. I just, I did that course. I did a, I did an enticer triathlon. I was so terrified. So I did the smallest distance possible in the Queensland tri-series. And um, yeah, really interesting. Like running off the bike is completely different to running normally. And yeah, I've um, experienced that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the jelly legs. So yeah, yeah, I just found the challenge really good. And I guess the social side of it. And that's that's how it began. But I think, yeah, like everything that I do, I want to do 
properly. Like I don't want to just do it by halves. And so I'm finding it really interesting um, in the last two years since COVID, even just in the last year, a lot more people just going, I'm going to do a triathlon this weekend. And I'm like, what? You haven't, like, you don't train properly for a triathlon. And people are just, I think that's been a really cool thing about COVID is people are just want to challenge themselves in different ways. And it doesn't matter if you're not the best. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that you started pretty late there at 27, you yeah. mentioned. What, so what were you doing yeah. in your early 20s? Were you, um, were you working, studying, partying? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bit of everything. Yeah. No, I actually, I moved to, I moved to Australia when I was 19 by myself. Yeah. I was on the Gold Coast, um, yeah, sort of bit of partying and then I thought what am I doing am I gonna am I going to go back home or am I going to make a go of it here so I ended up being placed in a nannying job um in western Brisbane and Pullenbal on a property which was really cool so the mum was actually a Kiwi she'd done a similar thing to me um by moving over in her late teens and took, took me under her wing she said yeah she said to me after you know six months what do you really want to do you should like if you want to stay let's like get you into the workforce um because nannying was just it was a good experience but it's not something I wanted to um you know long term I didn't want to be a teacher or a child a child care. Yeah, yeah. um yeah into childcare. but yeah so I um ended up working in a law firm for a bit sort of um doing PA work um and then working sort of working in hospitality so I worked at Fridays which most people know um so it was a bit of the institution back in the day uh yeah um, I was definitely there yeah. a few times in my early 20s yeah <laughs> <laughs> so the thing I found really interesting is that um it's us Kiwis. Um, we're taught to work pretty hard. Like you can't get away with anything back in New Zealand. Well, back then anyway, like very hard. Like you get the sack pretty easily. So um, naturally, yeah, just a really hard worker. So I'd, I'd always work my way up in, in places, and I ended up, yeah, doing a bit of ma- um, bar managing um, there. But again, that wasn't really something that was going to be long term. So I, I left and tried a few other things, and um, yeah, ended up at in corporate at Queensland Rail, which then um, led to a rise in when um, and applied at the big split. So I went, I went into like the coal side of things and doing major projects. And it's just a matter of working my way up and just, um, yeah, sort of throwing myself in. Um, but again, I always found myself in the kitchen giving people health and fitness advice. And that's what led me to become a PT. So I'd had my daughter in 2011 and I was doing triathlon at the time and people just sort of levitated towards me because they'd always see what I was making in the kitchen and they knew that I'd done the body building side of things as well so um I that's when I realized I think my daughter really inspired me like having a child it just sort of changes you she inspired me to follow yep, my dreams absolutely. <laughs> yeah and so that's how I ended up that's how I ended up going into personal training in 2014 and haven't looked back um, and then, yeah, it's now sort of evolved more into the running side of things because it makes sense. It's such a passion for me. Um, and then the bonus is now that whole community side. So um, that's kind of my story and how I got to where I am. Um, but it's all, yeah, just taking opportunities as they come and um, and surrounding yourself with the right people, I think. Oh, for sure. Yeah, definitely. No, that's so interesting. And, and what about um, running specifically? Was there a certain um event or moment or run that got you into running or has it happened like organically through that running you said for losing weight during bodybuilding and just over time it's kind of just grown and grown yeah yeah well I started doing um triathlon in 2009 until 2016 and and got up to the half Ironman um distance um had never really I never really had the sort of motivation to do a full Ironman so yeah half Ironman was sort of my limit um and I just kept finding 
yeah, the run leg was always the strongest. That's what I enjoyed doing the most. And then when I had my daughter in 2011, um, triathlon was obviously very hard um, to do because you have to train twice a day if you want to be decent at it and just having a daughter and all the rest of it. So um, I started running. Yeah, the, that was how I got back into my fitness after having her. So, uh, yeah, um, yeah, her dad would walk in the door and I'd be ready to go out the door, like to go running, to hit, hit the tracks straight away. Um, and yeah, that became my thing. So I just started following some basic, yeah, I think that the Pat Carroll running programs that he'd put up for the Gold Coast Marathon at some point um, when I'd done one of the halves there. And I just kept PBing on all, like every time I did one. So I think I did three half marathons um, in 2012. And that's kind of how my um, love for the endurance side of running started. And I, I think I found that that was more my strength. Yeah, yeah, the longer distance stuff, which is obviously yeah. we can see now in the ultra. And were those, were they Gold Coast, Brisbane half marathons? Um, my first one was Noosa half, yeah. which is beautiful. Yeah, beautiful yeah. and flat, hey? Yeah, two laps. Um, and then I did, I think I did the next one I did was the um, Jetty to Jetty, which was a bit more hilly. Yeah, yeah, but, undulating, not not crazy hills, but definitely not yeah. flat, hey. Yeah, and then, yeah, that was, uh, yeah, I PB'd on that one, and then I did the Brisbane Half Marathon. Um, and, yeah, I think, like, my best time was one, 136, 137. Yeah, right. I think that used to be at, towards the end of the year, isn't it? Is it before Gold Coast now? Yeah, it's, that in, up. it's in June. No, I think it's in June. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it was August, and now they put it. I think usually a month before Gold Coast, and it's often yeah, why people yeah. debate whether they do it. Unfortunately, yeah. Yes, yeah, a massive year in terms of of running and half marathons. So you've got yeah. um a bit of a running bug there. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. And yeah, just going into doing like doing my first um ultra trial fifty k at Coastal High fifty. That was two thousand and. Mm-hmm. So it's 17? Yeah, I think that was my first one. Um, yeah, I, I'm, uh, there's a post I'm looking at and saying, like, I found my new sport. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and then, but I've also done some road ultras, um, the the GC50, um, and got some pretty good results there too, like, despite the heat. And I seem to oh, throw in the heat. It's so hot, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've done the 30, not the 50. Yeah, I totally yeah. agree with the heat. So did you do the 30 last year? Was that... Um, I did it unintentionally, I think, um, which, yeah, kind of sounds strange to say that, but I think I'd planned a two by 15 um, with a mate, like a relay thing. Um, oh, yes. Yep, does, that yep, sound, yeah. does that sound right? Yeah. I think that's yep. an option you can take. And for some reason, yes. yeah, there's three of us going down though. And then, yeah, we ended up doing 30K and my last 5K was horrid, so hot. Um, <laughs> so how have you fared there in that, particularly in the heat, but yeah, it's 50K, so it's pretty long distance. <laughs> Yeah, well, the reason I did it um, in 2020 was um, I realised through COVID that I'd PB'd across all distances. So um, the only one I had left to do a PB on was a marathon. And so I looked for a marathon that I could go to anywhere in Australia just to get one done before the end of the year. And there was one in Adelaide and I'd actually booked everything for it. And it was that week that um, they had that COVID scare. And so it ended up getting cancelled. Um, um, and so that's why I unintentionally did GC50 because I was like, I've got this fitness. What am I going to do? So I just signed up at the last minute and yeah, I broke four hours, which I was really happy with. Um, and 
then last year, again, didn't intend to do it, but one of my clients, um, Julie, she wanted me to pace her. And Julie being Julie, she's a bit, loves, loves, loves the pain. She decided to sign up for the 5K the day before, but then tore her hemi in the 5K. Oh. <laughs> I've been coaching her. I told her, don't go for a PB, don't go for a PB, you know, save yourself for the 50. And yeah, she got a PB, but she was injured for the 50. So it was quite funny. I had on my bib, I had um, uh, her nickname's JA. So I had, oh no, so her nickname's Rhino. So I had um, Rhino's pacer on my bib. I did it to surprise her. So everyone was quite confused because I was running by myself. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. You, you just jotted yeah. my memory though. That's the reason why I was there too. I had a mate... Um... His name's Chris Lawrence. He'd planned a marathon somewhere, but he, yeah, they'd been cancelled and he planned to do his PB, you know, within that 42K of the 50K. And I think we yeah. got to the event and he thought, no, I'm not fit enough. I'll drop to the 30. So I think he was going to do that. And the mate and I do the 15 together. I think we all yep. three of us agreed to do the 30K. Um, okay. they, both, they both beat me in the end, but um, yeah, it's such <laughs> a hard event with the heat. Yeah, Isn't no it? shade. Yeah. No yeah. shade. Yeah. Heaps of water stations. I just remember like showering under taps and stuff. Yeah. In the last 5K, I did not care about pace whatsoever. I was just like a mess yeah. trying to get it done. <laughs> and I'd never yeah. experienced that being a guy that runs mainly 10K and halves. Yeah. Different yeah. beast. Different beast. For it sure. is definitely, definitely. Yeah. It's just so much of it is nutrition and trying to keep yourself cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, hey, before we get to the club, um, Katie stuff. I had a, um, a question. I reckon this one, this one will be listened to closely by potential mothers or younger mothers. And this goes around yep. like what your running looked like going into to having your daughter, like being, how long did you run through your, your pregnancy? And then what did that year yep. after look like as yep. well? And any advice you have for women in that position? Yeah, definitely. It was actually quite interesting for me. I did not run at all through my pregnancy because my heart rate for some reason would just, um, yeah, just like spike really high. So um, yeah, I made the decision pretty quickly not to worry about running. Um, but, and I always thought I was going to be, going to be one of those, <laughs> those mums or mums to be that runs through the pregnancy. I see a lot of them around and it's incredible to see. And I think it's great if you can, but for me, I was wearing a heart rate monitor and it was just, yeah, I just, didn't feel comfortable so I just wanted to do the safest thing so for me I did I was actually still doing two sort of sessions a day I would go to the gym in the morning because um, straight away I didn't feel comfortable being on a bike either so I started training um, at the local gym doing either body pumps spin classes or yoga um, I'm not really a yoga person but the yoga was really good um, and then I would um at the end of the day after work I'd always walk home and that became my routine which I found really good so I think staying active is so important um because I think about how much uh, how much energy you need and stamina you need as a new mum I don't know how women that aren't fit and that do have not exercised before they're pregnant you know do it it's it's very it's hard on the body yeah, I do find that interesting because may, maybe it maybe mentally it could actually be of benefit because do you think maybe as an athlete, um, so to speak, you go into something like a pregnancy? You know, my wife's been through a pregnancy a couple of years ago as a recreational runner. Do you think going from like being quite fit and active and experiencing those endorphins and everything that comes from running, going into a pregnancy maybe might actually make it challenging? 
yeah, def definitely. Yeah, I see a lot of mums um, or pregnant women, you know, saying, I can't wait to get back into it. I can't wait to have, you know, my body back. And I always try, I always try and say to them, this is just temporary. Like you're giving your body to something, you know, to produce something very special, you know, <laughs> like it's quite a miracle. I think um, what you can, what your body does, it's just incredible. Um, and so, yeah, I think the best thing is just to listen to your body, but, um, and just find other ways to move. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I really enjoyed walking during my pregnancy. Um, I don't actually remember missing it too much, but I, but I do remember wanting to get back into it really quickly and getting in trouble from the physio because I, <laughs> I started running too soon, but didn't do any damage luckily, but that's yeah, my let's other. Talk, let's talk about that. How, how quickly did you get back into it? And yeah, what, what yeah. would you sort of recommend to, to women after that birth? Phase. obviously it's quite individual but from what i've yeah. sort of seen and read you know within and again it would depend on a, a c-section or a or a natural birth as well yes you know with within a couple of months it yeah. would be starting pretty soon wouldn't it i'm pretty sure within six weeks i was doing yeah. a sprint distance triathlon <laughs> with <laughs> chloe i remember having to like feed her before i started and then, oh my goodness um yeah and yes yeah, so that was a bit crazy but um my i think because i was so fit and healthy going into it i ate all the right things i fueled my body right that my body just bounced back so quickly. I actually had an emergency cesarean. Um, yeah, I was going to ask you that. Um, I'm glad yeah. you just initiated that, that awkward, yes. awkward question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it was just one of those things like, oh, oh my labor was like three days. It was insane. So that's another, that's just another thing. My piece of advice for women is that it doesn't matter what you do in the lead up, how well you do everything. I, I did everything by the book, did yoga, even had like, yoga music to play in the birthing suite which we never even bother playing oh <laughs> um, yeah yeah your, yeah the best Experience plans that. can just go out the window yeah it's it's out of your control completely i had like a three-day labor which ended in an emergency seizure um but my recovery was so quick and yeah i credit that to how fit um, my body was and yeah i'm just like so I'm grateful to have yeah to have my health and um yeah it's it's a lot for the body to go through um and yeah my yeah I think most it's a good idea to go and get clearance from um the physio or you know the hospital before you embark on running again because you don't want to do any damage um like the whole public floor thing and all of that so um yeah it's definitely your best just to your line of professionals and then ease back into it slowly don't go running a marathon straight away you know <laughs> start off start off easy and that's my advice for anyone getting into running I'm, I've realized realized how important that guidance is um, especially with men through my run club like just they just get excited about running and end up with injuries quite quickly which I'm sure you're aware of it's just that um, mentality oh yeah yeah sort of flashback to uh do you listen to the Inside Running podcast? Yes. Um, there was an episode where Moose, Julian Spence, um, he's a father now of a young girl, I think. But he he spoke about the pregnancy being like, you know, a runner's mind, <laughs> being about yeah. like yeah. an actual run. You know, as a yeah. runner to think about what a woman might experience in the fact that like you prepare so much for it. You, you read all this stuff, you listen to, you know, these days podcasts, and you're just preparing yourself physically and mentally, um, you know, to almost go into that like physical arena, like a run. And then you're yep. going through so much physically. And then at the end, yeah. there's, all, there's all this relief. That's, yeah, that's very much, yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> and yeah, but they, they say it's, it's 
they say it's like running a marathon that like child like labor is like running a marathon yeah <laughs> the endurance the endurance that you need yeah yeah well for you um three days that'd be a lot of marathons yeah yeah and i i'm not used to i'd never really had any pain relief or medications before drugs um and they're pretty heavy and i was physically very ill and so i just i couldn't keep anything down so my energy it was really tough like and you're trying to eat lollies it's like literally doing doing a marathon trying to get any kind of sugar in yeah yeah and no, I'm, I'm glad i'm glad you agree with that kind of that metaphor yeah. because um i'm yeah. sure women that haven't run would think think i'm kind of mad talking about that concept <laughs> but what about like how long after that birth were you back to a similar fitness in any way um i would say within four months you know um because yeah i obviously wasn't doing um training the same um before i got pregnant when i got pregnant yeah. i changed i changed but i still i still very active every day um through my gym and walking um and then yeah that meant that i was able to get back into it pretty quick so um i'm trying to think so 2012 that's when i did yeah the half marathons yeah so my first one yeah my first half marathon must have been was the year after yeah, so I had my daughter in August Jeez. 2011, and then I did, yeah, Noosa in, it must be May, I think it's May 2012. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. not sure if this um, information is going to make my wife feel better or worse. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's having a massive, um, you know, it's that time where we're thinking about another child in the near future too. Does she start running again and getting fit and then lose all the hopes and dreams or just like, yeah, just agree that yeah. she won't get back to that? that fitness in running anyway now and, it is, and get, on, get yeah. on with the next child well it's yeah it's incredible it depends on you know what what yeah we're at like look, look at these elite level um triathletes and runners that are having babies and oh like the olympians the girls that went across to um and did the olympics like weren't three of them mums like and uh i've had a mind yeah and definitely that, um uh you know in the older ca age category uh over yep. 40 like um Sinead Diver and, yes, and those exactly. women yeah 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 it's, it's almost inspiring. like um yeah it can have a temporary influence on you you know for some anyway as women but I think yep. it's it's a good idea to think to be hopeful that you know that if you are a runner that at some point in time that you can get back uh to where you're at yeah you may not be a Australian marathoner but it must be inspiring yep. for young women that you know those kind of stories yeah and I think I can see, yeah, like where your wife and other um, other mothers are coming from. Where I get it all the time. Yeah, you know, they really want to get back into it, but they don't. They're not getting there as quickly as what they thought they would. So that's where I think there's a lot. There's a lot in support, joining running groups, being around other mums, and just like realizing that you're not alone. Like it is. It is a challenge because um, they, they're they, they're your first priority. So yeah. So yeah, I want to get into um, Club Katie. Yep. Because it seems like, you know, you guys have had a pretty significant impact on the running community in the last few years. Um, just to talk about uh, when it was founded, uh, why it was founded, uh, where you train, what's the demographic like of who trains with you, and all those details around around the club. Yep. Um, yeah, well, so as I was saying um, earlier, COVID, this was sort of a COVID-born uh, business, and I started training people outdoors during COVID when all the gyms were closed. Um, yeah, at that point, I was able to train people one-on-one. -on -one, so it's obviously really restrictive. Um, I had clients being being in the city before that. 
a lot of our clients were coming from the burbs into the city for work. So, um, yeah, I was doing a lot of FaceTime PT sessions and just trying to make just trying to make ends meet. Like it was a rough time. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, I, I remember riding my bike everywhere around the city, Kangaroo Point, Dockside, just training people near their homes. Um, and yeah, most people were really accommodating. And I guess yeah, people people needed that connection and they needed to exercise. And being outdoors was actually yeah, quite it was quite nice. So yeah, because of all the gyms in Newstead, there's tons of them. A lot of I just attracted a lot of attention straight away because a lot of people were dying to 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 train. So I picked up a lot of clients that way. Um, the community Facebook page was quite powerful as well because people were looking for um, for options. Um, and so I picked up quite a few clients that way. Um, when we were able to start group fitness again, I started boot camps. Um, and then yeah, that kind of so this was yeah early twenty twenty um, doing mainly just personal training and and group fitness and then. Um, had that vision to start a community walk run club. Um, this was around the time that I'd approached Mervac to start a community um, fitness session. So I've been doing that for probably, yeah, around eight months now, um, every Wednesday night um, in collaboration with Mervac Residential and, um, and Waterfront Newstead. We put on a, a free community session, which is really nice. Um, and I approached them and said, would you be interested in running a walk run club on Fridays as well? And they decided just to go with a Wednesday session to start. So I sort of bit the bullet and went, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to start this. This is something that I've been wanting to do for a while. And yeah, so I started it um, early September last year. So 2021 and yeah, it sort of took off and it's really cool to reflect. I think we celebrated recently 25 Club Katie community walk run clubs and to look back I made a little reel of all the group photos because every session every run we do we have a group shot afterwards and just to put them all together to see how the group has grown um and yeah some of them I call them the OGs that have been there since the beginning yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. just to see how yeah just to see how they've grown um also some of them like they're all they all champion it so much they all talk about it they live and breathe it it's it's their favorite part of the week for a lot of them um and they've met that's how they've met people um and you know there's a couple of guys that really push each other each week and again it's the age demographic it varies you know from younger people in their late teens um early 20s all the way up to you know retirees um some people even come and walk their dogs so i love that it's just inclusive i don't know any other clubs that are walk run clubs and that's that was my sort of um that was my passion was trying to create an inclusive environment so um obviously my my little spiel is connection through running um and I figure if I can encourage people to come along and even just walk um my hope is my evil plan is that everyone will become a runner <laughs> um if they can um physically but if they can't then yeah come for a walk so I always do a little spiel at the starting on Friday mornings and say you know this is all about connecting as a community coming together each week to either you know walk run sprint if you want to go for your pb you can but no matter how good or bad your week's been turning up and just moving with other people in your community um and meeting new people um and yeah it's been incredible the the stories that have come out um there's a lot of power i think in being shoulder to shoulder rather than face to face um, face to face is very intimidating whereas shoulder to shoulder it's amazing what will come out of people's mouths and people are sharing some pretty um you know pretty personal battles um and yeah it's it's 
it just yeah it just shows that everyone you don't know you don't know what's going on in someone's life you know so I always try and be kind um I'll always say hello to everyone in the park and yeah I think that comes a lot from my upbringing in New Zealand as well it was a real community feel and I feel like I'm sort of going back to my roots in some sort of way and I always try and think about the positives in every situation I think COVID has taught us to really connect and reach out more um we actually had a couple of I know of two men in our community that have taken their lives in the last eight months. Um, and so, yeah, that's why I'm really passionate about the mental side, mental health side of things and also, yeah, men's mental health. Um, I'm a Lululemon ambassador and they're one of the major partners of November. So we ran a big event last year um, to try and bring all the clubs together and to break down barriers between run clubs. Um, and that's another passion is, is to continue to do that, uh, which is why I visit other run clubs and do all their social runs. And yeah, it all feeds in. So we have a lot of other runners that come from run clubs to, you know, to sort of intertwine and connect. Um, and yeah, I don't know if you heard about the event last year that um, was in collaboration with Lululemon. It was called More Than a Run. Did you hear about that? I don't think so. I remember hearing a run from um, Chris, uh, Chris Little John. Um, along new farm there but i don't think i don't think you and the group were involved uh must have yeah. been it's an app that my wife uses yeah the the name of the whole thing um escapes me but i, I don't recall that one no okay yeah so this one was um so as part of lululemon um being an ambassador we sort of had to come up with ideas um to support movember and to raise funds but also awareness around men's mental health and two guys from sydney came up with this um idea of more than a run and so it's basically to bring together uh, running different running groups and communities from Australia and New Zealand on one day to run either 60Ks, 30Ks or 10Ks. Um, and you could start it at any time on that day. So I had quite a few friends that started the event at two in the morning and did 60Ks. At, oh, at yeah. Hey, it's actually coming back to me. I think I think I was out right. for a long run with Chris Littlejohn himself. We'd passed right. the new um, section there on the, on the river with the breweries. Was that kind of a starting point or a yeah, that was, or something? I think I remember seeing, I think I remember seeing Chris. I waved, I waved out. Yeah. We were yeah. There. Well, yeah I, was, yeah. I actually jumped on the Instagram to see if we'd made a video. Yeah. Someone was recording close yeah, to Yeah, yeah, that was me. Could, that was oh, me. Yeah, I think yeah, I, I think yeah. put you guys on there. Yeah. 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 So I'll take that <laughs> yeah. back. I do, do recall yeah. a bit of it. Yeah. We decided like we'd try and time it so they could do the last 10Ks with us. Um, and then there was another crew that started 30K a bit later. But yeah, it was really incredible because it was just, different runners from different communities. Um, that was actually the first time I met my now business partner, Jimmy. Um, he was he did the 60K, like just decided he was going to give it a crack and he did it. Um, so they would get, they did uh, they did out and back. Um, so it must've been, yeah, three lots of out and back. So running out to each street pretty much, um, Hamilton and back. So each lap was 20Ks, um, 10 out, 10 back. Um, and then one of my clients, Ben, who is a professional boxer, He's, he's about to do his first Ironman. <laughs> so he's also big on the mental health space. So he's he's they're making a documentary for him on the transition from being an elite level boxer um, to um, challenging his body to an Ironman. And he still learned to swim. He's a he's a Kiwi, a big Kiwi boy. <laughs> um, and so he came along and did the 30K. Um, and it was just really inspiring to see like the different communities together and to bring together run clubs. So I reached out to a lot of different run clubs and told them what it was all about. So each distance represent a, represents a mental health statistic. And this is, the statistics are really crazy. They're not good um, around suicide. 
Um, so yeah, it was, I think it'll continue to grow each year that event. And um, it's just a simple way to bring together our community. So the Unfit Bun Club, they were huge supporters of it. They get behind everything. Um, again, they were another COVID born social run club. They support a different local cafe every Saturday for a 5k run. Um, and they do a beer run every Thursday night. Um, and they're currently doing flood assisted um, runs. So any cafe that was affected by a flood, they will support that cafe every Saturday morning. Oh, it's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I unfortunately many years ago had a few friends lost to um, suicide. So, it, you know, it resonates with me pretty well. And, it, you know, it just, it seems like you've taken just that next step with running, really sort of highlighting the mental impacts from it. That's not necessarily being something that's always has to be so competitive. But if we went back to the start, like in the start of 2020, was it actually a business then? Or was there a period of time where it was just you bringing your contacts and, and connections through your, your personal training work yeah. together. And how many people were there in those first few months? Um, for my outdoor business, you mean? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So I had my existing clients. So yeah. Um, yeah. Going back to early 2020, it was a, a massive, <laughs> massively tough year for me. So I split with my husband of 14 years um, and I'd just moved in, into an apartment um, around the corner in Newstead um, and that's when COVID hit. So it was a really tough time for me. So I think, yeah, I had a lot of people rallying behind me um, and yeah, I built up a pretty good base of people pretty quick. I ended up being busier than ever during that, that COVID period where the gyms were closed. Um, but it's continued to be a roller coaster. Um, yeah, I probably had around 20 clients between, you know, one-on-ones and groups. Um, and it's still, it, to be honest, it's still trying. Like I'm actually in the process of restructuring my business again because I'm yeah. trying to work out the best way to provide security because it's such a, being a PT, it's, there's nothing, it's not like having a salary, getting the same amount of money each week, paying the bills. It changes constantly. Um, so, yeah, I'm actually, um yeah, it's been it's been a tough few years, but it's also been, yeah, life changing for me because I've just started taking new opportunities and surrounding myself with the right people and just following my my passion and that passion is, I always thought it was helping people, you know, to be the the fittest and healthiest version of themselves, and it still is. But I think my main um, my why is actually bringing people together and connecting people. Um, and when I see that, it's that's the most fulfilling part for me. So I'm just I'm just trying to, um, you know, follow my heart and follow my passion. And things seem to be yeah, sort of gelling really well. Um, and it's the people that make it, to be honest. Oh, it definitely is. And yeah, it seems to be falling into place in the last few years. Was it Club Katie at that point in time in 2020? Yeah, so I was um, with Activate Health and Fitness, which yeah. is the studio that still exists in the city. So yeah. uh, my ex-husband, yeah, he still runs that. Um, and we had, yeah, um, Miles um, Burford. Um, he's the physio there. So he's yeah, yeah I do know Miles. Yeah, he actually, he yeah. actually came yeah. along to um, the West End Running Group a few years ago. Actually. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. So that, so, it's yeah. only been a few years yeah. for Club Katie, but it seems like it's been around for so long and that, I think that comes from the presence you can have, I think, in a community can just make it seem like you've been around for so long. And that stems into social media, but then also out along the river. Um, like I said, just, just running myself with mates. Uh, was it last year that event you're talking about was on? Yeah, middle yes. end last year. 
Um, yeah, um, it was the day before GC50, so November. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just I find when you're out there, from my experience as a coach of the Western Running Group, is that when you're out there in, in big numbers, uh, wearing your brand, doing what you're doing, people just ask questions, you know, oh, what's going on here? You know, I might, yeah. I might, I might try this. And that natural organic connection you make can then lead to the, yeah. to the runners coming into it. So my next question was kind of around, like, how do you or do you know how runners find you as a running group or business? Is it, is it through your Instagram? Is it through website? Yeah, I think um, mine is, is predominantly word of mouth and through Instagram. I get, I get numerous messages every week now. Um, and that's, yeah, that's kind of why, which we'll get to, is um, you know, the, the need to create a running platform online because I get approached by people all the time that aren't even from Brisbane that would like assistance with running. So I think just having that presence um, and just being a real person, like I'm no, I'm not elite level. I didn't grow up running. I think people kind of resonate with that. They feel like it's not as, I'm not as intimidating maybe. Um, and yeah, my, my approach to, to personal training, to coaching, to everything is more nurturing than anything and positive. So yeah, yeah definitely yeah. Instagram has been the, has, and word of mouth. Um, yeah, I think because I've been in so many different networks and groups through, you know, um, the triathlon side of things, cyclists, runners, and just just being out there because that park, so many people pass through that park. And I guess you're just fresh in people's minds all the time. And if someone speaks to someone about at a barbecue about that they want to get into running, you know, sort of yeah. I would often pop, pop into, into mind. Yeah, and it's definitely... You can't discredit that it's a marketing ploy, but it, surely it's a marketing ploy to build the idea. You know, the yeah. financial reward that you get through it is great and you need it. You need it to survive to pay the bills, but it must be yeah. motivating to just think, oh, how, how, can I, how can I build this club? What, where can I run? What can I do? What can I do on Instagram? I'm sure there's many things going through your head. Like, does the Instagram, is there a love-hate thing with always being on there? Yeah. Hosting stuff or are you you love it? I actually um I actually have grown to love it more. It is full on of you know my yeah. business partner like man you need an assistant like the amount of messages that come through um people wanting to come to a run club and then I can't find messages I'm like I need a better system than this like it's just I I want to focus on the people and the admin side of things does get a bit much which is why I'm I'm trying to streamline things and I've got some some amazing people supporting me um that have those services that are, are in, we're in the process of trying to automate things to make my life easier um yeah probably going to a membership based membership um model will be a lot easier for me because it just means everyone's paying the same amount each week it makes it it makes it great value for people too instead of you know paying for one-on-one session 75 dollars they have access to all the group sessions and the community and the social side of things but they're paying you know 40 or 45 a week sort of thing like just like looks like all the gyms around here i think it's yeah it's the other side of it is making people more accountable um if they buy a 10 pack and then they don't want to show up they're not paying for that session so um yeah it's just working out a win-win for both sides I think and I will continue to do one-on-one sessions for my existing clients in the non-peak times because I still love that and um I wouldn't want to you know let them down either but I think um my passion is now lies in in group fitness and run coaching so I think I'd like to go down that path and you know you've got to try these things and see what works and see and see what doesn't work 
Yeah, oh, definitely. And those one-on-ones, they is that running specific training or is that uh, uh, you know, weightlifting for running or is it just um, gym stuff? Yeah, mainly mainly gym work and all over conditioning. Yeah. Um, I have I have you know retirees that just want to stay strong and healthy, so I train them down there, and they're pretty good. If they're retired, they'll train in my non-peak times. The main thing for me is is just having more time for my daughter. And at the moment, I'm I'm working at five in the morning, and then I've got to go back to the park in the afternoon and the evening, and that's when I could be helping her with her homework. So it's just those things, you know, having to make those choices, which. I'm sure people will be understanding them. So yeah, I think um, sticking with the early mornings and making people morning people, <laughs> and then the people that only train at night, you know, just trying to um, to yeah make those choices and and you know you can't please everyone, I guess. Um, but yeah, I do I do one on one run coaching sessions, and I've found there is a bit of a demand for it because. Um, beginners or people coming back to running do find it quite intimidating joining a group so that's just something I'm working through at the moment either whether I need to start a beginners um, you know session because a lot of people see my videos and go oh my god everyone looks so fast and they get really intimidated by it yeah but yeah the, the, the cool thing of running I've found in the last 12 to 18 months is all the all the gym junkies getting into running which again was hey, I reckon, yeah, I reckon there's um a new trend and you're definitely to, to thank for that a little bit in Brisbane I reckon is that it's kind of becoming a cool thing as a young adult yeah. in the early twenties to be, yeah. like you said, it's like prioritizing the morning, not the night, not going out partying and being up late, but actually being up early to exercise with your mates, go get a coffee. I just think it's yeah. awesome. Like I don't yeah. regret things I've done in my life. Cause I think that we, you know, you'd be, you'd worry yourself to death if you did that. But my, my life in my early adulthood was far from that. It was, it yeah. was the nighttime. It was that partying stuff. Yeah, I wish that that scene was around now. So yeah. Yeah. again, that yeah, must be sure. exciting to know that um, although you've in a way kind of promoted that or even created it, that, 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 that scene's around now and really getting a hold of that. Yes. Yeah. There's definitely, this is the right time to harness all of that. Um, I think Mega Run has been great for that too. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's a, it's a very high energy crew, but they that launched on the Gold Coast and it's going sort of worldwide now. And it's just incredible because it's, it's, it's stopping um, the young ones from going out fighting night for they're, they're now coming to Mega Run to do their social, um, you know, activities that way in a much wholesome, more wholesome environment, you know, yeah. going, going for a swim afterwards, going to have breakfast together. Yeah, it's really cool. Oh, it's great. And um, you just, so you touched on just earlier that, that mental impact of running. I just want you to think for a second back to that time, if you are willing to back in 2020, you mentioned there having some challenges and mentally and emotionally there. What, what is it do you actually think from running or running in a group that can help with those issues in life and when people do get stuck in in areas of depression um all those thoughts of self-harm or anything like that why do you think running is so important to help with that i think um running is something that is it's constant it's always there um so in a time of so much uncertainty and changes covid lockdowns um <laughs> floods Running is something that you can always do. And um, I love the discipline of it as well. So I, I used to train a lot on my own because of the lifestyle that we had. You know, when I was married, I'd still get up and, tr and run super early before my husband would go to work. Um, Sounds so very familiar. 
Yeah, yeah. So I used to go really early. Like, I, so I run as early as three a.m. to get my training wow. done because I'd rather run early than run later in the heat or when I get caught up in the daily activities and tasks, yeah. yep. responding to emails and calls. Um, I'm I've become the master of power napping. So I am very good at having a twenty-minute power nap any oh, any time. Very envious like, of that. I cannot nap. Yeah, I've I've just taught myself to, and I'm like, yeah, this is great. Awesome. Even coffee, yeah, so I just put my phone on, do not disturb, put the timer on for 20 minutes. I literally did it before the podcast today. <laughs> and when you first wake up, you feel like you could just like go back to sleep and sleep for another hour, but you just you just got to get up, <laughs> move around, and then you're, it's like you're, it just refreshes your brain. Um, so yeah. So that's, that's my little secret because I don't I don't get enough sleep. I go I yeah some nights yeah, only get four hours. Yeah, yeah. So, but is it definitely that that run sets the scene for the day mentally. Yeah, um, yeah. Helps the concentration, yeah. mood, particularly yeah. through Endorphins. that morning into early afternoon. Then you hit that wall. Um, you have a nap. Yeah. Someone like me has a coffee because I can't sleep. Um, yeah. and sleeping <laughs> sleeping at a school would be weird anyway. Kids past me. Yeah. Thinking, well, what's Mister Jones doing? Um, but yeah. So what, yeah, no, what, sorry, yeah. day to day or uh, longer term as well. Um, how has it helped yeah. you, and how did it help you through that time in your life in twenty twenty? Yeah, I just um, lace it. This, just the simple, the simple act of putting on your running shoes, having a coffee, like out the door. You know, the hardest part is getting out the door sometimes or getting out of bed. But once you're out there, um, yeah, especially I, I find the combination of either running with other people or running alone is really special. Um, I do a lot of my thinking, um, and I was lucky enough to have a really tight knit group of girls that are also crazy and will run at 4am with me <laughs> um and they yeah they they sort of rally behind me as well um through the early stage of 2020 and we would solve all of the world's problems I run so <laughs> like, yeah. you know it was just a safe it's just a safe space we'd all you know anything anything that's on your mind you could talk about um work stresses home life you know whatever um and I think that's really powerful I think yeah as I said being shoulder to shoulder someone and being able to talk things out and and get advice, um, yeah, it's really powerful. And yeah, and it, and you get the effects of those endorphins, um, which continue throughout the day for me. It really it gives me so much energy. If I, you're probably the same. If I don't train, I get a little bit grumpy. So uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's happened this yeah. week with my baby being sick. I've had three days yeah. off, which is really rare for me this week. Yeah. And yeah, I've been grumpy. Yeah, and I did exactly what you said earlier. I thought, oh, had a rough night. I'll sleep in a bit. For me, a sleep in is like six, six thirty. Um, yeah, and then I'll do it later. I'll do it later, and then get to later. And it's like five, six o'clock. Had a long work day. Got a yeah. wife and kid to get back to. Um, yeah, yeah, so morning. Yeah, mornings definitely work and, and routine. Yeah. But I found, I found when I coached too with the group that. It, it was also a combination of both having the chance to um, share those problems in your life as you're running and agreeing to things and that kind of thing, but also uh, not doing it. So the wife and I were talking the other week actually about it, that it doesn't matter um, who you are coming to these groups, does it? Like what job you do, if you're married or yep. not married, if you're single, you're older. Yep. I just found that when you come together, there may not actually be those conversations. It's just coming together to enjoy it, talking about yeah. running, talking about mundane things, which may actually uh, temporarily just put those things aside. Or again, as yeah. you said, maybe it is a, a chance to offload those dramas. Definitely. And I, th I feel like um, 
my group, my Friday walk around club group, it just attracts a real wholesome um, crowd of people. Um, we also have great support from the lo my local cafe, um, used at Provador. Um, Greg and Jenny are just so unique and so lovely. And they, yeah, they absolutely, they look after us so well. So we always go there afterwards. And that's what I love about it as well, is that it doesn't matter where you are in that run. Um, the other part of my run club as well is it's always time-based. So we always start as a group and finish as a group. And then we go to New to Providor. And it doesn't matter if you were at the back or at the front. Everyone then mingles. Everyone talks. There's no, oh, I'm in the fast group, so I'm going to talk to these guys. There's no, none of that at all. It's just a really inclusive group, which I love. And um, that's what I get the most out of it. I'm like, how did this even happen? Like, yeah. it just kind of just kind of happened but I guess that's it's the energy like what do they say your vibe attracts your tribe so um there's a it's a really nice tribe of people like we're we're having like a social get together tomorrow because I love supporting local businesses as well so one of um Kirsty um runs after that wine bar so we're actually doing a wine tasting tomorrow afternoon so I love that we can do other social things outside of running as well oh that's great yeah that's excellent I was just thinking just to put it all together to finish very quickly, yep. what does Monday to Sunday look like uh, with the group and, and how many runners and both sort of the ratio of men to women are training with you at the moment? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I do um, a Monday to Friday sessions. Um, so um, running-wise, Tuesday mornings, a uh, speed and technique session, yep. um, all based out of New South Waterfront Park. Um, Thursday mornings, we run a strength for runners group session um, outdoors. And then Friday morning is the complicated walk run club and then every second weekend when I don't have my daughter I put on social um runs so we go out to Mount Cruz there normally um and then we also visit other local run clubs like Rebound or Unfit Run Club or Mega Run um oh, yeah and, run club. I love that name <laughs> yeah it's great <laughs> and there's there's some fit runners <laughs> um and then yeah we um I have about uh so up to 40 runners um in the group like well that's mainly for the Friday um you know, and we have a, it fluctuates um, and it, it's growing. It's still in the early, early phases. Um, and the ratio would be, it's sort of similar, um, pro probably a few more men than, than women at this stage, but um, I'm sure it'll even out as well. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, we're chatting earlier before the interview about, well, my interpretation was that it was more women and, and kind of a really women orientated group, but you mentioned our concept around men. Again, that mental health, the men coming together and doing something a little bit different as opposed to being at home on their own or having a beer and that kind yeah. of thing. A lot of them, you know, you, you hear stories like that they've lost all this weight. And now um, Oliver, who comes along, he has been doing PBs for the last four weeks. So there's 10K. Like he just keeps PBing. <laughs> like what is going on? <laughs> and it's really funny because, um, yeah, Paz, who's, um, who's been coming along, they have sort of, you know, they've got that bromance going on. It's really cute. And Pat, poor Pat's got dropped yesterday. <laughs> so um, Oliver's all of a sudden, you know, like he needs a new challenge. Like, so yeah, but um, yeah, it's really nice. Actually, speaking of that, um, I hear you've got this running app, um, which I'm excited to hear about because I, I haven't heard of many individualized running apps. So I assume this is like a Club Katie app. Is that correct? Yes. So it's called Run With Katie. Um, oh, okay, and yeah. Yeah, again, I've been I've been thinking about this for a few years, and then when I met Jimmy at More Than a Run last year, he um, he sort of uh, over the months uh, of us being friends and me training him came sort of approached me with the idea as well. So we've kind of collaborated, and 
yeah, it's all progressing really nicely. So um, the main thing around it is a being able to have access to a running program anywhere in the world um, where it's like having a virtual coach. So you'll literally have my voice in your ear or if you're on a treadmill oh. or you can stream it to your TV where you're running because there's a lot of mums that, that run on treadmills. Um, you can actually run with me. So I'll actually be, there'll be a video of me running um, and talking you through a speed session or a 10K run. Um, and um, it'll include strength sessions as well, like basic strength for runners sessions with maybe just like a booty band, but mainly body weight exercises that are really specific to runners to stop them from getting injured because that's another big thing that I find is common. Runners don't do strength work. Um, and then the other side of it is community, like connecting community. So anywhere in the world that you go, you can um, access running clubs that you can go and run with or you can access other runners and um you know, from the safety point of view, um, for females, for women that are worried about running by themselves mm. or in the dark, they're able to connect with other runners. Um, and we even will have the layer as it progresses of other running clubs being able to manage their run clubs through the app, which will be really cool and sending push notifications and being able to better manage and grow their club through um, our app. Oh, it's great. You're hitting, I think, a, a market, so to speak, that is out there and is, is needed. Yeah, definitely filled a, a void or a space in the Brisbane running scene. So getting close to the end here, just looking forward for you, we've got a few more ultras around the corner in the next year or so. Yes. So um, well, my next event is in five weeks, um, GC30. I'm pacing a client. So Julie, who I was talking about earlier. Um, yep. So yeah, my job is to hold it back at the starting. But yeah, I think it'll be a pretty solid pace. So I'm exciting to, excited to see how we go there. I haven't done pacing very much, so I'm really excited to um, try and get her to her goal. Um, and then I'm going for a sub three hour marathon at Gold Coast in July, which, yeah, that's going to really motivate me to get training um, again. And then, yeah, excited. I haven't actually made the announcement yet. It's only just sort of happened. Um, but I've been invited to go over to Bali for the Bali Hope Ultra in September. Um, so it's a seven day event um, and it's basically to, you run um, 84 kilometers overnight, coast to coast, from, I think from north to south. Um, and it's all to help transform like some of the Bali's most um, like disadvantaged communities. So you raise money in the lead up and when this really special thing is that when you get over there, you get to go into those communities and meet those people that you're you're helping basically. So um, huge opportunity and like a, it's a very special thing to be a part of. I think um, I think you even get to you get to run through those communities in the overnight ultra. So yeah, that's that'll be one of the highlights of the year for me. Um, so that happens this September. There's another one next May. So yeah, I'll be um, hoping to get people from my community and my following. Um, and networks to to sign up and come over as well so um looks like a wonderful seven days as well like you get a bit of everything so you get to um you know meet everyone else that's doing it go into those communities do the ultra <laughs> dig deep and um and then the last two days i think it is you, you know you stay at a resort and and enjoy um the time there. and yeah yeah just yeah that's it so really excited about that so um yeah i haven't even announced it yet so yeah Hey, we'll finish with some questions. If you've heard the previous interviews, basically I run through 10 questions to, to finish. They're, okay. they're meant to be answered, hopefully in about a sentence. What's the best thing about being a mother? Um, oh, 
everything. Um, just seeing a mini you basically growing into into a, a young adult, a preteen. Um, yeah, um, the things that come out of her mouth. <laughs> yeah, watching her grow every day, and yeah, finding seeing her find her passions. Why do you like coaching so much? What is it? Um, it's being able to share my experience. Um, yeah, both personally and professionally with others to see them grow um, and better themselves and just seeing just seeing the satisfaction that they get from it. Why, so for you, why do you run? Why do you run? Um, I always say running is my yoga. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's mental, physical and spiritual for me. Like it takes me to different places. And that's, yeah, I... Yeah, life without running, I don't know. It wouldn't be the same. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, all righty. I want you to pick one person. Um, so it can be a friend, family member, acquaintance, an idol, whatever, whoever it may be, um, that has impacted you or motivated you to run the most um, over your life. Obviously, my running coach, Maddie Davies, is a huge inspiration to me um, because of his abilities, but also because of how humble he is. Um, I've met him in person only twice or three times and he's just the most genuine person. He's also a school teacher. Um, and just his approach to running and coaching um, has really inspired me. I've learned so much of him. Best section of the Brisbane River um, pathways to run on could be where you guys train or somewhere you would like to train if you had the ability to. I love Mount Cuther, does that count? <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, let's broaden the horizons. What about your favourite colour to run in? Uh, pink, of course. <laughs> <laughs> my, it's my, it's my brown colour, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you have a female running idol? Yeah, I... Um, obviously, like, um, Claire is definitely... Claire Jody is someone that, mm. you know, I highly respect. Oh, that's great. Favourite fun run or race that you've ever done? Oh, um, I'm actually going to say Dead Cow Gully. Maybe I'm still on the hype from last week. <laughs> <laughs> I love the yeah. format. Like, I'm definitely going back to do more of those. Yeah. In terms of actual results in a run? Um, yeah, I think the Guzzler 50K 2019 when I got my first placing, third place female. Excellent. Uh, final question. Where do you think women in running or athletics, uh, how, could, how can that participation or recognition improve, do you think, within the community or even at an elite level? Um, yeah, I think through support from, from community groups, um, encouraging, yeah, encouraging women from a young age to get into it um, without it having to be that elitist kind of vibe, mm. I guess. So yeah. making it more inclusive. So maybe making it more community-based. Um, and as you said, running is becoming the cool thing. So maybe there's a big, maybe there's a big future for it. Yeah, more, um, more crop tops. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, I'll, I'll leave you to it there, hey. Yeah, I definitely uh, appreciate coming on to the podcast. You're the first female on it. So something even different for me. And I'm really proud that we've, we've now had a women on here and it's a completely different view. For you, it's really the coaching side that has resonated with me through the, the conversation and, you know, prioritizing the 
emotional and mental impacts, community impacts as a result of particularly running as a group. This really has been yeah. other, other people and, and that focus that you put on others and that, and that satisfaction and purpose that you get out of doing that. So thank yeah. you very much. Yeah, thank you. That, that was, I'm so grateful that you've had me on. And so, yeah, thank you. Grateful for Chris connecting us and um, yeah. yeah, I look forward to, <laughs> look forward to yeah, hearing more interviews from other, other girls. Thanks so much, Ollie. It was nice chatting and I hope to see you in person for a run soon. Yeah, definitely. I'll be there. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. All Kate. right, cool. Thank you. Bye.